0: All right. No one, no one. No To your love, you are holy. We can't live without your love. For you, our holy God. Oh, 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 you holy oh, oh, oh. You are holy God. Oh, 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 oh. To your your love is everywhere. We bring you in, love to the great love. You have one us forever, you are holy, you it guys, let's
1: in and we share, share, share. Your, your love lasts
0: forever, guys. we We bring you in. we bring you, now we can live. We rise and There's no one I'm next See love. You I holding it, and in the me you. I hope every other day, you. I hope every other day, all you. I hope you hold me your hands. you so we bring you in guys we
1: bring you we hey guys that's two new people to share we're excited for tonight all right. All right. All right. All right. we bring we bring
0: you no, no we bring we bring
2: Everybody that's tuning in, we need you to share, share,
0: care. we can live with we can live with
1: all right, guys, we're going to get started because we have a long night ahead of us. We're not going to keep you guys too long, but we are excited. Um, I'm your host, Kim K. You're tuned into the Dope Girls Pray podcast, and tonight our guest speaker that's going to be airing first. First with us is Keith Carter. We are excited tonight, Keith. I'm um, so excited to have you on. It's been a long time coming. We've been um, planning this now for a couple of months, literally. I yes. mean, um, guys, we're going to. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start off with Keith because tonight is his night. Um, Keith is an entrepreneur. He's going to introduce himself. He's going to talk about the things that God is doing in his life and his brand, um any trials or anything obstacles that you know he had to go through just to get here. Um and then we're going to go into the part two the part two um of the panel that we did last week well if winning is free then why lose so guys stay tuned okay for both segments all right keith go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners tell them who you are and where you're calling um, from um,
3: all
4: right well first sis thank you for um allowing me to be on your podcast thank you for Excellent. thank you for the invite um i'm keith um <laughs> most people know me i, I play drums but uh, over the last year or so i've decided to go into cosme- cosmetology so i became a hairstylist slash barber um while i was in the school um, i was thinking about you know i want to have my own beard product you know so what I did was I did some research, connected with the right people, um, and then you know just got things started. I mean, that's really about me. I mean, I'm just keep from Philly. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs>
3: that's that's so, really.
1: So tell us about um you know your branding and what you're doing. You know, because you're an entrepreneur. You know, upcoming, and I love everything that you're doing. Um, even though. Many people have done it, but you're kind of doing it a little differently. Um, so, just tell us about your brand and your product. First of all, your beard is shining. We see that. I, I hope just y'all give you Listen, 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 fellas. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, y'all need to get with them. Go ahead, keep telling us about your product.
4: Um, uh, well, it's um, it's beard oil, beard bomb. Um, it's literally um. Actually, let me read all the stuff off this paper I have here. <laughs> um no honestly it's just um stuff is a lot of things people get confused is they think it's going to make their beard grow no it just enhances your beard and it makes your beard healthy um there's no additives there's no chemicals anything like that it's just all organic and chemical free and paraben free you know what i mean that's one thing i was really like really strong for so um it's that that um I thought, all right, I already have a beard oil and a beard bomb. Let me see if I can get some more stuff. So outside of these t-shirts, which I got here, you can get on my website. Um <laughs> I got uh brushes and combs as well. You know what I mean? So just just for your beard. Um working on more products in the future. Um, you're gonna see shampoo, you're gonna see beard wash, you're gonna see women's products as well. Like I'm trying to do the whole shebang, I'm trying to be mm-hmm. You know the best you know I just, that's it you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> so what made you decide to go into you know with brandon and everything with the products because i know you started off i've seen your journey um and i've seen when you started off at the cosmetology school and, and different things and then you i know in school you guys pick up the trade of barbering as well but what made you decide to pick up the the trade of now going into brandon and actually doing products
4: um all right, so when I was working at a shop, the owner, I was wearing a, a shirt, right? I was wearing a shirt um, from another company, a beard company, right? And I always wore it because I felt like I was something when I wore it, even though it's nothing but a shirt. But just because I had people, I know people, I have friends who work for the same company, and, you know, the people who work for that company and the things they do for the company, like they cut WWE, they... Cut, um, superstars, NBA players, all that. So I felt like I was kind of connected by wearing that stuff. But when he sat me over to the side, he said, Why you keep wearing that shirt? Every time I see you wearing that shirt or that hoodie, they're not paying you. You're paying for you're you're pretty much giving a free promotion to somebody else that's not even paying you. He's like, Why don't you build your own brand? I was like, All right, cool. How do I build my own band, though? Brand, you know what I mean? Um, because even when I became a barber, a hairstylist, I wanted to work with somebody else. Oh, I did not want to work for anybody else, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work for myself. So um, I knew it was going to be a hustle. I knew it was going to be a grind. It still is. Like, like I'm not comfortable at all. So, um, but I you know, did research, branding, connected with my girlfriend. She helped me out um, and like just really tried to really figure out how and when it was a great time the capital because everything takes money and yeah. to do it at the right time. I prayed about okay. it, talk with people as well. Don't ever be afraid. Listen to me, everybody on right here. Don't ever be afraid to talk to someone. Don't ever be afraid to have a team or a corner. I could not have gotten, I'm lame. I couldn't have got here with Kenisha. I couldn't have got here without Max Sanders, uh Joseph Mackey, Truth Church, my church, um, even Bomb Dukes, like So it's always good to have a great corner when coming down to branding or starting your own business because um, you don't know everything. I had to really sit back, but I don't know everything. So let me try to reach out to people who do. And here I am now. You know what I mean? So.
1: So what are some some obstacles that you feel that, you know, you have faced, um, you know, even with like starting and everything? Like I know you said the one thing of you know reaching out to people, even though that's not really an obstacle, that was something that you knew that okay, this is okay for me to do. But like, what were some things that were like putting your way, like made it hard for you to to be able to do what you're doing?
4: Uh, COVID. COVID. I'm not gonna say COVID, matter of fact, because COVID actually did me a favor, but I'm gonna get mm-hmm. into that. But um, I think self doubt. talking to the wrong people about what i wanted to do because this is something i wanted to do for years it's not um since i started i think i started barber school 2018 i stopped then went back to school i went what was in november 2018 stopped for a little bit worked and then went to empire but um but the people i'm talking to about it they were like oh man like Everybody doing it. Why would you do it? These are homies, like these are people I wow. looked up to in the game. Yeah. So they were like, yo, like, don't do that. And when it kind of hurt, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, I can't just listen to you because the more I pay attention to people who aren't in my corner, I lose sight of the people who are in my corner. Wow. You know so it's like it. um so when I started stop paying attention to the naysayers and actually. Paid attention to the people who had my back or had my best interest at heart, things got easier and it came to fruition. Um so doubt was one fear because I care about what everybody thought. Um but like I said, I'm doing stuff that no one's doing. Not that many people I want to go say no one, but not that many people are doing. And I'm happy about it and um I'm grateful to God for it because this is not easy. Um and also One more thing was um, being broke. That was a fear. Being broke. Paying all this money for material, paying all this stuff for ingredients, uh, paying for shipping and everything like that, and nobody buying my product. That would be a scary piece because I'm like, all right, this is about a good couple thousand dollars in the drain for a business that I'm putting everything into right now and no one's purchasing. So that would be like, that was a fear.
1: But yeah.
4: um, but that was it. Other than that, yeah. I mean everything else went smooth. When it came down to COVID, um that was the perfect time. I did not have to work. So the work distraction was out the way. I was just out of school and I was just at a shop. COVID came, boom. So that stream of income I was getting, probably around six, seven hundred a week from cutting mm-hmm. hair, that stopped. So I had to figure out another way to get money. You know what I mean? I played here, played here. I'm like, all right, gigs are stopping now because,
0: right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
4: what else can I do? You know what I mean? So, when I came up with this, I talked it over my girl. I said, yo, I really want to start this beer drawing. Actually, she's been on my top about it for months. But, <laughs> um, but so when I decided to do it, I said, all right, I have nothing but time. You don't know how long COVID is going to be. I have nothing but time. So, let's just try to figure this out did research did everything i'm like all right cool so now i have nothing but time and no distractions like i'm not sitting here saying work is a distraction but i know a lot of people I have a lot of friends who want to be entrepreneurs and pursuing that but they had to, they have to work and they can't and by the time they get home they're so tired from work they can't put in the extra hustle
5: to, yeah. to
4: be able to be an entrepreneur i'm glad that i did not have to work and I'm able to start it, but now I can go back to work, but now I can manage both because this is already established.
3: You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
4: So COVID was actually a blessing in disguise. I mean, so and then um my home stimulus, straight business. That was it, paid for <laughs> ingredients, <laughs> everything, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm grateful. Bro. Yeah.
1: And you know what? Honestly, I was writing down some of the things that you were talking about because I can relate um when you were saying the thing about you know, confiding in friends, you know, and, and people not supporting the one thing that I thank God, because I spent years and, and, you know, one thing about me before I actually started to do, um, the podcast, I was always into business before this, like for years, that was like my neck. And so one thing that I used to do was I used to tell things prematurely. And so literally when you do that, Literally, yeah, when you do that, literally, you kind of set yourself up, not for failure, but you you open yourself up for a that could have not been there, or they might have been a little bit not, they wouldn't have hit you as hard, you know, if that makes any sense. And so literally, what the Lord did to me in this season when he gave me this assignment, because I don't look at this as, you know, like a job, it's really like an assignment, you know, um, the Lord had me to not release things prematurely you know, and I literally was not saying anything, you know, and, and the reason why was because the Lord said to keep the warfare down, like even to the point, like I know some people, um, when I get people that come on in and, guess, and they, they they understand this because I'm a stickler, they're not allowed to promote until like the week that they're speaking. And it's, it's, it's really, you know, a method to my madness behind it. And it's because one, the Lord told me to do that. And two is because to to keep the warfare down, because I, f- I found and I even seen this in people, you know, when they release things too, too early, you know, and, and we, we we don't want to be deep, but We got to be deep because at the end of the day, the enemy is a clear enemy to us. But there's people, witches and warlocks and and people that are literally working against the kingdom, you know, of God. They're working against us. And and even if even though we look at like even as business, they're working against our businesses, too. You're a Christian entrepreneur. They're working against that, too. Anything that God is going to get the glory from when you share your testimony, they're going to work against it. And so literally, you know, the Lord was keeping my mouth shut, you know, in this season, you know, because of that. Then too, like the fear thing, you know, I was fearful too. Like when the Lord first gave me this, I started off to be honest, if people don't know this, I was able to start off with a person. It wasn't supposed to just be me. Um, Well, the Lord didn't say that, but I was trying to lean on somebody else as a clutch because I was kind of nervous, to kind of speak, you know, in front of people and stuff like that. And so literally I remember, you know, me asking the person and they were excited about it. And the Lord said, you know, They're not going to be able to do it with you. They're not going to be able to do it. And so, you know, the Lord said, take the person off. I've never I never told you to ask them. And so I had to be obedient, you know, to the Lord and take the person off because I'm like, okay, you know God, I hear you. And so I put it out there and I never waited for their response. And I didn't have to because the Lord said, they're not going to be able to do it with you. I didn't tell you to ask them. And so I had to get over, you know, the whole fear thing. Even still, I'd be nervous to this day, like especially when the Lord told me to, to go live. I said, wait, God, hold on now because it started off audio. You know, you know this. You've been watching you. I've known you for years. So you've been saying a lot of things that, I, that I've been doing. I thought it was just going to be audio in that sense. And so when the Lord said, now it's time for you to go live, I said, well, this is like a whole different ball game." I've wrestled with the Lord literally that whole day, like trying to convince him, like God, you know, no, I don't want to go live, you know? And right. so even the thing about the hustle, you know, like what you said, when people um, don't have time, but to be honest, even if it's your assignment or even if it's, if it's something that the Lord gave you, because... You know, I would tell you one thing, how I know how God works, right? When he wants to, he wants to get people started before, you know, purpose really hits. He starts them off with something that's interesting to them. And I have a friend, you know, who literally the Lord told me literally who she is, you know, but how he started her off was in business because some people can not jump straight into ministry, you know, because number one, you know with everything that it entails, you're not going to just want to just rush to do it. And two, there's some things that the Lord has to work on you before he just puts you out there. That's another thing too. And so literally what the Lord does sometimes is come at us with the things that interest us, that spike our interest. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was for me. Business spiked my interest. And so when the Lord first started having me, you know, talk in front of people and, and just even fellowship with people, it was through business, you know, it wasn't even through ministry. And so literally, it's like the start, you know, before God really say, "Okay, now, now it's time to put the business aside, not saying get rid of it, but now it's time to focus on purpose." And so, you know, when you said the hustle part, it's so true because people think, you know, that it's just an overnight thing. And even with um, ministry and with entrepreneurship, sometimes it takes years. You know, I was listening to Joyce Myers this morning on TVN, and she was saying how when she first started. You know, the first five years, she was just doing Bible study, you know, at 40 years old. She didn't start ministry until so she was 40, you know, and she was doing Bible study for five years. And then, you know, after the five years, she said she was, the Lord had her silent for one year. And that drove her crazy, you know. And then after that, I don't know, what's that tapping noise on? I mean, you hear that?
4: Yeah, I hear it too. I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's in my
4: I'll stop touching anything.
1: Yeah. I don't know who that is, but, um, but literally, yeah. And she said after that, that year, you know, then the Lord had her be become an assistant pastor. Um, you know, but then she went into like her own ministry thing. And so the thing is, it's, it's a process, you know, and sometimes it takes years for people to get to where they are. And sometimes with our generation, sadly, everything is like microwavable. You know, yeah, we, um, we, don't,
3: we, don't, we
4: don't have any type of patience at all.
1: Like, no.
4: even, even me, like I did not have patience. Like I wanted to start flat out. Like when you're talking about speaking prematurely, like even the people I was talking to was telling me to shut up. Like it was mm. like, yo, chill. But he was close friends, like in my circle. I said, yo, like I want to start my own beer line. It was like, all right, cool. Uh, um, I talked to a couple people. I talked to my mom real close friends and even some of them are like all right cool just keep it here don't tell everybody because everybody you think is for you is not for you you know what I mean people will celebrate you in their comfortability you know what i mean like that's about one thing i've learned is like as long as you're not able to outshine them and i'm not in this outside anybody but as long that's as you're true able to outshine them they will support you they will celebrate you we post everything you do even I've had the stupidest stuff on Facebook. If anybody knows me, I low key am a comedian. I, but I've yet to see somebody repost my business, and it's cool because I
1: reposted your business. business.
4: No, I know. <laughs> and thank you. But what I'm saying is, um, you gotta like in this in in this grind and being an entrepreneur, Christian entrepreneur too. It kind of it's kind of hard because it's like you you want to be though, know, you still want to like. Look out for your brothers and everything like that. But at the same time, you have to look out for you. And if you're starting a business, you know, if you know someone else starting a business, there's nothing wrong with supporting them either. Even by sharing, liking, anything like that. But I feel like if you're unable to do that, if you say we're friends or we go to church together, something's wrong here. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And you know what? I I agree with you, but I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me when I first... Um, I don't know why I still hear this sound. I don't know if this is if this is on my internet. Y'all pray, whoever's watching, please pray, because we're always experiencing some warfare. But, um, you know, the Lord told me when I first started this assignment, he said, take your feelings out of this. He said, take your feelings out of this. He said, kill your feelings because people are going to tell you no. You're going to have to hear no. And I was a person whose feelings used to easily get hurt. And so what what I what I learned and and it's a daily thing, because Paul said daily, I kill my flesh is a daily thing that you got to kill your flesh. You got to die to yourself. And so literally, you know, you got to have the mindset. One, everybody's not going to be happy for you because it's you. That's the first thing. And then you have to understand it. And I have to say it some people are upset because you took something that maybe that they thought about or maybe something that they didn't even better right mm-hmm. and so you 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 have and they people say it's it's haters and and my thing is like but the thing is if you represent the kingdom of light which is the, the kingdom of God there shouldn't be any hate so that means there's some darkness that's there right you know that's some there's some darkness there and so my thing is you got to be able to just look past that you know, because my thing is, if you focus on so much on, you know, who's sharing, I'm not talking to you. I'm just speaking in general because I su- I had suffered, well, I didn't suffer with it, but I thought about it. You know, I thought about it too. Like, you know, it's certain people who might not, you know, congregate or share or like anything. But the thing is, because my mindset is only on what God said, I don't care if it's just one person.
4: Exactly.
1: You get what I'm saying? Like, you know.
4: It doesn't, it doesn't like and you I'm, I'm sorry but it's like no,
1: fine.
4: it used to really bother me until i really had to be okay but like all right cool like you gotta be and, okay yeah like and not to be like you no, know, super super or spiritual and everything like that but i'm like god if they don't want to buy the product all right then it's not meant for them to buy the product it means god said this is not for them and that's fine even if they haven't been to me they don't want to buy it that's cool Cause I know for every person that's not gonna buy it, there's always gonna be God's always gonna have someone lined up that will. Right. You know what I mean? And so I had to like I understand like I just literally forget all that like you know. Yeah. And at first it hurt because I'm like dang these people real close to me like but. Hey, I mean.
1: But let, but let me tell you something. One thing I know about the enemy: he don't touch anything that doesn't have any value. So the fact of the matter that you're facing opposition, that means you're doing something right. -hmm. And 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 that's how you know I look at a lot of things. And 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 the thing is, I don't tarry on it. And I ain't talking to you, but even people that's watching, because we as people, this is something that we do suffer from. You know, we don't get a congratulations, you know, or whatever. We think like people, you know, are not, you know, paying attention. Like I I, help me Holy Ghost. I almost said something, and I am gonna say it right because I'm not afraid to confront the enemy. Because I had a person. You know, I remember the Lord told me to do a full sweep. He said to block, not block, but to delete, you know, every witch, every warlock that was in my in my friends list and anybody that's not supporting what God is doing. And so somebody contacted me, and asked me, you know, they saw that we wasn't friends anymore. And I guess they thought, you know, because the common person would have said like, oh, well, you know, um, I don't know what happened. Oh, I said, oh, I did. I did delete you you know, because the Lord told me to do X, Y, and Z, and I never see you support what God is doing. It's not about me.
5: right?
1: It's about God. So my thing is, I don't really see you interactive. And it's not saying that people had to watch or or be involved. I'm not saying that. But if you never, if I can see that, like how you said, you liking everybody else with stuff that they're doing for the kingdom, and you never happen to like mine, you know, and, and we comment on each other's Like I comment on your posts and stuff like that and you never come on, that's something I write. So I get I get what she's saying.
4: (laughs) It's like you'll do it in your comfortability, but as soon as it sometimes elevates someone else, it's like you you they get to a point where be like, no, I can't do that because it's like it make them feel, it'll make them seem better than me. And it's not even about that. You know what I mean? Even with black people, I'm sorry to go there, but it's like, <laughs> we, the hardest people, like, we literally don't support each other. Like, and it shouldn't take someone dying. It shouldn't take something tragic as what happened to George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor and stuff like that, for us to be like, you know what? I'm buying black. I'm, I'm supporting my brother. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I'm saying like we, we should have been been like this like
5: yeah.
4: um I've sat and I've talked to some friends who um who are like Italian, I have friends who are like Spanish um and I asked them I'm like, yo like how y'all get this poppy store or whatever like that And he was like, yo, like this is how they did it.
5: Yeah, um, right, yeah. some Asian
4: friends who have Chinese stores, I literally learned how they do it. all they do is they put all this money in the pot. Yeah, we've been doing this for years, and we're late. Yeah, they put all this money in the pot. Every family put about ten racks, ten thousand dollars. Nobody knows where are yeah. is. Um, after that, they buy it. They buy it, uh buy a store, work yeah. the store for about a year or so. Within the next year, the next family, it's like a blessing room, but without the scamming. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, um, the, the next next year, that family gets a visa from America. I mean, from mm-hmm. from Asia to come to America. Start a business somewhere else and then another family would put in another thing. It's a revolving door until all families get here and yeah. wonder why they own six, seven shops in South Philly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Philly, you know, whatever like that. I'm like, we can literally buy the buy our blocks back if that would happen. Um South Philly, I think it's like a 30-second read, 30-second task or something like that. Um black poppies, go support them black men, they just they pretty much made a bodega. But mm. they did the same blueprint as everyone else. Like how we had Black Wall Street, yeah. they did the exact thing. Everyone came together. And it's so hard for us to come together because we don't want to see the next brother or sister be better. And it's not even simplified to be being better or anything like that. We need, if anybody, If no one's going to uplift us or help us, who will? I mean, if yeah. we can't do it ourselves, nobody else will and you know what to get loans and jobs and stuff just by the color of our skin and it's like some people just don't understand it and then when it comes to the christian aspect as well there's no reason why you should not support your, your christian brother or sister no matter what yeah. they do, as long as they're doing stuff that's godly and right
1: right you know, and you know what i'll say this in closing because we gotta move on oh yeah I'll, yeah, I,
4: yeah. I meeting after this too shoot
1: oh jesus yeah you're fine you can log off if you need to but what i was going to oh. say is you know um Sometimes you have to, to go out, even if nobody can see what what God had told you to do. You know, because the thing is, you know, God gave you the vision; He didn't give the people the vision. And so, it's not your job to try to force or make people believe what God told you to do. The only thing you can do is do what He said for you to do. And those people lives that you're supposed to impact are the people that you're going to impact. You know, because my thing is, I always say this, and God, I hear you so good. We weren't called to our friends. Wow. We weren't called to our friends. We weren't called to our friends. You know, we weren't called to our communities. Even though, don't get me wrong, it's good that you can, you know, congregate in your community and minister to your community or sell to your community. But the thing is, God called us to bigger things. There are a, there are people. There's a people that's waiting, you know, for us to come. And they're going to welcome you with open arms. There was no nation that ever accepted their prophet. None. None. No, no prophet was ever accepted in their own land. And so literally, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to be okay with this going on and doing what God told you to do, literally, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody is not going to see what God sees. You know, to some people, they only see a, a twig, but God sees the tree and you got to be okay with that. So we got to end. I thank you so much um, for coming on here. We got to move on to our next segment. Um, I appreciate you keep going, you know, doing what it is that you're doing, you know, don't lose hope. I know you're not losing hope or losing faith, you know, and, and just keep on pursuing, you know, and striving, you know, and when it's time it's going to happen just like that, a door is going to open just like that, you know, literally. And it's going to be because of God. You know, not because of ourselves, not because our friends, you know, because like I said, it ain't going to always be our friends. Sometimes it'd be in the hands of a stranger. Literally. So thank you so much, you, know, you know, for coming on. Yes, sir. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, guys, this is part two of our segment. Back to the panel. Um, You guys, we need you to keep Minister Terrell um, Cromwell in your prayers. He had a family emergency. Um, tonight. And so literally he wasn't able um, to come on with us tonight. Um, so basically we have Prophet um, David Gonzalez from Maryland and we have um, our sister Tasha back again. Um, so we're going to just continue where we left off. The mm-hmm. last time that we were on, we were talking about um, if when it is free, um, why lose? And then we were talking about YOLO, you only live once. And so where we kind of ended off was Tasha had posed the question. Tasha, you remember your exact question? <laughs> <No>.
5: <laughs> so basically,
1: what she was um, talking about was, you know, how do we heal from the the church hurt and the and the trauma? You know, how do we heal from that? How do we move on? How do we able? How are we able again? You know, to trust leadership? And so, literally, that's kind of what we're going to dive into tonight and talk about. Um, is is those key aspects? So we have some questions um, that we want to. Oh, our mic is muted. Okay, you're unmuted now. Um, some some things that we're going to talk about. So guys, we're going to start off um, with the first question: Where do I go after church hurt and abuse? Where do I go after church hurt and abuse? Well,
5: ladies first.
2: Okay. Well, I think the first thing would be is to do the opposite of what you are feeling to do, because when you've been hurt, um, depending on what your personality, your temperament is, some of us, you know, we bug back. We want to fight back. You know, some of us uh, cave in. We get really quiet. We go into a dark place. So I think it's really pushing against your natural nature and what you want to do. I think the best place and the safest place is the will of God. Um, So I think even though things happen externally, things happen um, in life and they will to go deep into God, to go deeper and that situation is going to require you to do so. So instead of running to a place, to a group of people, social media, posting stuff or doing stuff we shouldn't say or, you know, just talking to anybody who's willing to listen. um, We need to keep in mind at the end of the day. I know that this hurt. This thing has hurt me. But my primary focus needs to be I need to get healing because what happens is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So when we're hurt like that, we sometimes even unconsciously and sometimes consciously, we have some people who (laughs) they need some help. They go out Mm -hmm. of a way to to hurt other people or we bleed on people that we shouldn't. And so Mm -hmm. just the the starting phase before even going into healing and where to go. And specifically, I think the safest place is to really get into God, because it's going to take a while. I would love to say that you know, um, hurt or trauma just goes away. The world will tell you that you'll never recover from trauma. I know in my personal situation, most of the time they tell you, um, especially if you have like had natural PTSD or anything like that, they'll tell you, oh, you're, you're gonna live with that for the rest of your life. And it's, it's like a sentence, it's like a label they want you to accept. When that's not the truth, that in the kingdom, we live according to a different set of rules. And so for me, I'm not of the belief system that healing can never happen. Do I believe that it will take some time? Yeah. Do we need to be honest about that? Yep. Yeah. And so I think just those basic few steps to start will kind of at least get you, you know, on the way to start walking down he- um, that healing route. Because it's we don't even know what it looks like. You don't even really know what the process is going to be until you get to a place where you kind of get out of that dark pit.
6: Yeah. 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 What do you say Prophet? I totally agree with um, Minister Tasha. Um you have to dive head first into God. You have to take it upon yourself to allow God to come in even the more. Going in like you, and I like the phrase that you said, going and bleeding on others. Um, oftentimes, and I'm a realist when it comes to the things of God. I'm not so super spiritual that I say, oh, the devil did this, the devil did that, the devil did this, or you know what I'm saying? I'm being attacked all the time. I understand in the years of serving God and um, understanding, uh, um, studying certain things in the word, that there's a lot of things that God even allows himself according to whatever purpose you have inside your life. So sometimes it's not popular to say, but sometimes getting hurt is on purpose.
1: Yeah, come on.
6: Go there. God, God allowing certain things to happen to pull you to your prayer, because if we think about the story of Joseph, Joseph had brothers that he was the last of, that he, in his mind, they would never ever do anything to hurt me because these are my older brothers. They're supposed to protect me. They're supposed to love me. And this is just like the church. And for those, some that grow up in the church and for those that have been serving God in a, in a certain ministry for a certain amount of time, uh, uh, you look at that ministry, you say, you know what, I might be the baby here and I don't, I don't expect anybody to hurt me here. I don't expect, you know what I'm saying, for my vulnerability to be taken advantage of. But God had a plan for Joseph. God had to take him out of that scenario that he was in and put him in the pit and take him from the pit to the palace and from the palace to the the, the, uh, 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 prison. So sometimes that church hurt has purpose. And I'll share real quick a little portion of my testimony. I think I shared it with you when we did the testimonial on Tuesday. I was in a church where I wound up getting church hurt because I was dating a female at the time where this was her church. She grew up there. And I was just being welcomed in as the... The, the significant other, if you will allow me to say so, as being the boyfriend, but God had purpose for me there to be introduced to him, to start my my walk with him, and when the church hurt happened, instead of me looking at it through God's eyes, through spiritual eyes, and really look at, at, at understanding that this hurt happened, that it will allow me to rely more on him, I took it upon myself, carnally to pull back and went right back to my old ways, my old life, and relied on the streets, relied on the drugs, relied on the alcohol to try to get me through it. Not understanding that God was in the midst of all of it. Because even during that time of my separation from him, he was still grasping me. He was still speaking. He was still spending. Listen, he was He was speaking through my carnal and worldly friends. Come on. And would tell me, what are you doing back on the block, Davi? You don't belong here with us you're not supposed to be grabbing that you're not supposed to be doing what you're doing listen i have a grandmother that is a and listen to this Asha. i have a grandmother that's a bona fide witch i think wow. i already told uh uh um prophetess about this bona fide witch practices Santa, um uh, me uh to the fullest wow he told me when i left the lord you belong back on God's lap. Wow! She wow. Said, you are Not who you who you who you're acting like because you're trying to be uh, uh, go back to a life that's not yours.
1: Oh my God!
6: She served the devil full heartedly, and she knew I belonged to Jesus.
1: Jesus.
6: So sometimes the church hurt. Like I said before, it's not popular to say, but sometimes it's on purpose. <laughs> it's sometimes set up to bring you to that place of purpose, to bring yeah. you to that place that God has strategized to unfold his perfect, not permissive, but perfect will in your life. Because if it wasn't for that church, it wasn't for me going through what I've been through, I wouldn't have been able to evolve and mature into being the, the person that I am in him now. Right. Um. That's one half of the, the answer that I want to give. The other half of the, question, the answer is uh, um, you really have to be able to test the spirit of man and see if it to be of God. You have to really be able to pour yourself out before somebody that will be able to say, You know what? I'm seeing the purpose that God has for this individual, and I got I'm willing to work with them and pour into them and snatch out those things from them that were placed to be hurt. Because although Pharaoh had uh, he was he wasn't serving God, right? But God placed him in Joseph's life to be able to pour something into him, to bring a certain uh, 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 confidence. Because how would he have been able to rule the way he did unless he had a taste? I am my soul. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Had a taste of being able to be in that position that he was in. So sometimes when we go through what we go through with that church hurt, first we have to dive head first into God. fasting, praying, laying in your face, not turning to social media, not turning to man, not turning to any uh, anything of the carnal nature, but allowing God to be able to tell you, tell me, what is it that I have to learn from this right now? What is it that I, I'm going through this for? One thing that my first pastor's wife taught me was that everything in my life on a personal level was always gonna be training, uh, a training camp. It was always gonna be boot camp for me. So everything and anything that I ever been through, God was steering it towards my purpose, towards my identity in Him. And I had to learn from those things and be able to allow this skin to get a little bit tougher. Because if you grew up like I did, with a lot of insecurities and you're always looking for validation it's easy for you to get hurt it's easy and sometimes we go through church hurt right and listen to this and we're not going to even like this comment sometimes we go through church hurt that's not even as magnified as it was or as we make it out to be but because of our own insecurities it looked like it was bigger than what it was right so sometimes there's something going on in the inner man that's not allowing us to really see what we're being faced with. So we have to take a step back and really dive into God. That is the re- that's the, the the recipe. That is the, the the prescription. That that's the answer. You have to be able and I agree totally with, with what Minister Thazir said. You have to dive into God. You have to because you're not going to find no other answer, no other place. Yeah. Man, males, man is always going to fail you. You ha- I ha- I've had people in my life that mentored me, that taught me things in the Lord. And I, I looked at these people and I said that they will never be with mistake. They will never be with failure. They will never be with fall. I'm not understanding that they're men just like I am. And they're dealing with stuff just like I'm dealing with stuff.
1: Right, right. So it takes
6: for God to have to uproot. It takes for me to take my uh, 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 discipline in the Lord and say, I'm going to put my plate down and realize I need more of God through this. I need more of God to fill me up because, yeah, I went through that church hurt, right? And there will be why I say this. I'm going to try to put this together the way I'm hearing it. Spiritually, if we look at what we went through, no matter what the circumstance or situation was, spiritually, we'll be able to understand that it goes towards our purpose. As the Bible says, all things work together for the Lord that love God and are called according to their purpose. That's spiritual thinking natural thinking says I'm dealing with what's in front of me right now and it, it hurt my pride it hurt my insecurity it, it was a place that I didn't want to uh, 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 be at and something maybe in some some people's lives that that uh, uh, have bring a familiar place back to them that they dealt with in their childhood. so naturally we're not understanding what's going on in front of us. but if God before us who can be against us? Yeah, if God allowed this, and that means that it had to break a little bit more of my flesh off of me. Yeah. It had to take a little bit more of my carnality to be diluted, this way his spirit can be increased. And now I have more space for him and less, less of me there. So sometimes mm. that stab, it hurts real bad, but that stab, that same knife, is carving away some stuff that needs to be carved away. My God.
1: Amen? Amen. Um Tasha, do you have like another device so I can hear myself?
2: To hear yourself?
1: Uh, no, no,
5: you no, I'm saying
1: no? Okay. We're gonna keep going. Um the blood of Jesus. Because what you said, um, Prophet David was it was so good. I was taking notes. So if y'all ever see me looking to the side, I'm writing. I'm not mm-hmm. ignoring you guys. But when you said God allows, it brought me back to, um, I remember, God, I thank you. Because the Lord just, he, he showed me one thing and now he's showing me so much more. Because that. people don't understand your whole life really prepares you for purpose. Your whole life. If you, if you even think back going down to your childhood, you know, everything that you have experienced, like how you said, it's training grounds. It, it really is because one thing that the Lord doesn't do is send you out unprepared. No. It's the same thing, you know, when you're, when you're in an army, the first thing that they do is they take you to the training grounds. They never just give you the real weapon and say, okay, we going to put you on the front line. They train you for however many months, however many years. I don't know. I was never in the army but they train you for however the length of time before they send you out. And it's the same thing with God, because one thing about God, he said it in his word that I knew who you were since the day that I created you in your mother's womb, the day that I fashioned you. And so the Lord knew what we couldn't handle and what we couldn't handle. There's some things that you guys probably experienced that I could never probably handle. God knew that. There's some things that I probably experienced that you guys would probably say, well, I could have never handled that." Because God knew. And so literally what God is trying to do, God, I thank you. He's he's trying to he's not trying to, but he is he's he's been preparing us for purpose since the day that he created us in our mother's womb and everything that we went through you know it was it was not in vain literally and so when you were saying god allows it's so true because i was the lord was showing me just like different flashbacks of my life you know god allowed that molestation you know to happen to me when i was eight years old from a girl that went to my church you know god allowed you know for me to grow up and every day i would be having they used to call it the witch riding your back type of thing but it was really a, a principality where it was, you know, trying to kill me or trying to suffocate me, you know, the spirit of the python trying to take the life out of me. God allowed those, a lot of different things to happen, even being promiscuous as a child, because it came from the, the spirit of uh, perversion. That's where molestation came from, from perversion, all of that. And being promiscuous, you know, went up until the time where the Lord said, OK, hold on because you're going too far. Let me take you to a place that I know that's going to save you. God allowed for me to go through Islam. You know, even though some people might look at it as like, well, it was another religion. No, that was protection, baby. That was protection because literally, when and it's so crazy because Prophet Jordan said to me, one of my brothers, he said, you're going to start to look at your testimony differently. Ooh. You know, because I used to look at the me going through Islam as a like a bad thing, like, oh my God, you know, I wasn't a Christian. I went through Islam and how could I ever? And the Lord was saying no, because as he kept talking to me and, and and showing me different things, every time that I would look back, he would show me something different. And yes. so literally, you know, that me going through that journey of going through Islam, it was a protection. Me being covered was a protection because why I learned about modesty. You know i learned about values and morals something that i wasn't doing when i was practicing christianity you know i grew up as a baptist baptist is a little loose i'm sorry for the baptist that's watching but the baptists are a little loose if i was raised with you know oh jesus die for your sins you know when you're going to go to heaven regardless y'all know i'm very transparent but yeah. it's true. they are a little loose you know as you go to church on sunday you know they don't really shout too much but you know, it's a it's just Jesus, Jesus died for your sins and you'll you'll be okay. And so because I grew up with that mentality, I really that was embedded in me. I felt like, okay, I was okay. You know, I was okay to do what I wanted to do. And the Lord said, no, baby, before you go to left, let me take you to somewhere that's going to save you.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so
1: when you said God allows, it's like I'm I'm going back and I'm thinking of everything because even in, in my adulthood, you know, of even my, my last marriage. You know, because when you were saying that 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 pain, God, I thank you, because even I wrote down, everybody serves a purpose. Even Judas serves a purpose. And sometimes if people would take that pain and let it process and let it push them into purpose, they would see how much more of of effectiveness they would be in ministry because it's so true. Everybody and everything serves a purpose like when I when I was in that marriage and literally like how you said sometimes you got to turn down your plate I didn't even know why the Lord was calling me to a fast mm-hmm. I didn't I know all I know was all of a sudden the Lord was having me fast literally every other week I was fasting. I was fasting. And and in addition, because I was so mentally drained, you know, when you're mentally drained, you don't want to eat anyway. So it was easier for me to fast because I didn't want to eat because I didn't know what was coming next. But the Lord took that fast and he, he used that time of my unsurety and everything that was going on. I had no choice but to trust God because that, oh God, I thank you. is taking me back. That process was for me to really learn who God was. I'll never forget it. And we're going to move on. I'll never forget it. The day I was um, walking to work because I didn't have any more money. You know, my my transmission that went on my car and they then took the car and it was inside of the shop. They didn't even have a loaner car to give me. And literally at this time, something had happened and my ex-husband wasn't even there and I didn't have anything. I had to walk to work. Wow. And and I lived in Delaware. So it wasn't like I didn't even have money to get on a bus. And I was too prideful to call my family to even let them know what was going on. And but I'll tell you, every day that I walked, I never walked the whole way to work. God always made sure that I got to work. But I'll never forget the day that the Lord showed me how the blood of Jesus really works. Mm. And I'm walking to work. And I had a soda can in my hand and I went to throw it in the trash and I didn't know the trash can was super empty. And so when I dropped it, you know, you hear the cling. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, I'm hearing a dog barking. Now, anybody that truly knows me know that I, I'm petrified of dogs. Like I'm scared. You can have the smallest little chihuahua, honey, I'm not coming in your house. I don't care. if You say your dog don't bite. You got them tame. I'm not coming in your house. It's <laughs> so literally seriously. It's so literally I'm hearing a dog bark, but I'm seeing gate. So I'm thinking, you know, oh, the dog is just gonna run, you know, behind the gate. No, lo and behold, I, the, the, the barks is getting closer and the dog comes right in front of me and it's a red-nosed pit. I didn't have any fear, but the only thing that I could think to say was the blood of Jesus. Yes. Yes. When I said the blood of Jesus, the dog looked at me as if it was saying, what did you say? And it started to back up. And the Lord said, just walk. Now, Mm -hmm. anybody know anything about pit bulls? They're attack dogs and a red nose pit. That dog was charging at me to attack me. But the Lord was trying to show me about how you apply the blood, because it's one thing to say Jesus, but it's another to say the blood of Jesus. And so literally when you were just saying, you know, that God allows and in the process and, and how everybody serves the purpose, you know, I was supposed to go through that marriage so that I could learn who God was, you know, it wasn't supposed to last. And it, it, and it was for a reason, you know, God wisdom, we don't know everything. I don't care how well we hear and see, we don't know everything, but literally that situation was what pushed me into purpose. It pushed me because I never truly had a real relationship with the Father, even though you know I was in Islam and in my mind I thought I did, because Islam is based off of works. It's the old testament. It's work, 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 work. But I never had the relationship piece. And we talked about this last week, Tasha. We was on here. I never really had the relationship part. I never really had the communication, even though I was praying the five times a day and more. You know, I never was just able to sit down and cry and say, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through the things that I'm going through? You know, I never had that because of so much repetition and ceremonial things. Yeah. You know, and that's why Paul said to stay away from strange doctrine, you know, ceremonial things, because literally it leads, you, it leads to us not having a relationship with the Father and it leaves us in confusion. So we're going to move on to the next question. So the next question is how do I begin to heal? So now that we didn't about, you know, this church hurt and and um, the shock of it and, and the
2: abuse of everything,
1: how do I truly begin to heal?
2: Becoming obsessed with the healing process. I know that sounds like a little kind of weird to say, but
6: nah, that's good. That's real good, Tasha.
2: You know, so it's, it's kind of like um, that saying that says, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I feel like yeah. when you pursue healing when you start to chase after it it'll start to walk towards you so if you're in a place where you don't feel like necessarily there's a there's a person i would really hope that there is a mature person even if it wasn't necessarily connected to the situation or leaving with somebody that you can talk to that really has a good and a wise spirit of counsel that would be a good place to start if not Thank God for technology. Thank God for YouTube. There are a bunch of sermons. Um, you can literally put in church hurt, spiritual abuse, whatever different word you, you know, phrase you want to put together, you will find something. Um, and also books. One of the things that I think is just really, really, really important, alongside with reading the word, because that does not replace reading the word, is reading books by so many different authors. Joyce Meyer, obviously, she has a bunch of it. Um, <laughs> TD Jake's Naked and Not Ashamed, that's a really good book. Anything by Townshed and Cloud, I to me is I'm I'm going to promote them to the end of time because they have been just very, very helpful in just, you know, my own personal healing journey. But really, like I said, being obsessed with healing because it will show up, but you do have to put in the work because it's much easier to stay in the same position that you were in and to justify it because oh, I was hurt. I don't need to like that. You know, that's their problem or to push it off or always look at it from a victim mentality, even though you may have been a victim like this is what was done to me. You still have the responsibility of walking it out because you don't want to walk into, you know, a sin um, that was done against you, because a lot of times when something so painful happens to you, your response is to also sin. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just human nature. We just have a tendency to do that. So if you sit in that place, that is eventually what will happen. So just become obsessed with the healing process. Yeah.
1: Amen. Amen.
5: What are you going
2: to say, Prophet?
5: Mm.
6: One, I will say I thank God for the um 66 books that are in the Word. Because every question, to every concern, to any. Issue that we ever face in this world, God has an answer in the word of God. Yes, he does. Um, there's stories in there that we can hear, we can read, we can listen to them through our headphones, whatever type of devices we use, get the word into our spirit to feed us and allow that healing process to be done through the flooding. Like, Like Sasha was saying, chasing and being obsessed with the healing process. In the midst of being, uh, 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 um, chasing after that healing process, flooding yourself with the word of God and allowing the word of God to really minister to your spirit, man, and allow God to really start pushing out all those places of hurt. And the re- one of the reasons why I say that is because, if we think about the subject of unforgiveness, the world says an eye for an eye. Jesus tells us to love thy enemy and pray for those that despisefully use us, right? So if I take it upon myself to flood myself with God's sword, flood myself with his word, flood myself with scriptures of those that have been uh, um, wrongfully uh, accused or, or wrongfully done or just encouraging um, scriptures, And like Tasha was saying, other outlets, other books that could really minister to me and give me uplifting uh, 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 storylines or whatever, whatever you need to use to fill yourself up. You'll come to a place of understanding that now I can start looking at this a little bit differently because now I'm no longer looking at it through my carnal eye. I had a father that was very abusive growing up and every time i see a father a spiritual father i will just wait a certain attribute certain behaviors that will remind me of what i dealt with for my natural father so i could put up a shield or a wall right but the healing process started happening when i was able to look at his and see that here was some stuff that he was dealing with in his life that he never got over,
5: mm-hmm. that he never
6: dealt with, that he never got healed from. And he don't know Jesus like I know Jesus. So I had to, God had to give me a compassionate heart for that, for his downfalls, for his uh, 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 mistakes or his whatever was missing inside of him that i was always longing for i say that to say this going through this process of the church uh, of church hurt healing sometimes we have to get on our face and pray for those that hurt us in that church pray for that leadership pray for that congregation pray for that church as a whole right This way we can see them through God's compassionate eyes now. And that healing process can be even faster because we're no longer looking at the situation the way we once looked at it. See, I wasn't able to fully forgive my father until God allowed me to see him differently. We're not going to get through the church hurt process the way we want to unless we can see the situation differently. We have to see that there was something lacking in that leader. Mm
3: -hmm. We have to see
6: that there was something that that leader was missing. We have to see that that there was something going on in that church that, that I myself couldn't really uh, uh, grasp But at the end of the day, it was there and I couldn't, and I, and I had no, no choice but to deal with it because I was amongst them. And God had purpose. Like we just spoke in the last subject for it. But then again, me allowing myself to pray for them, uplifting them, I'm now starting to see something differently. Now I can see behind the scenes. How many times have we seen a bishop that will come before the people like this? Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen a uh, 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 super spiritual apostles that will come out and so many people are scared to death of them because? Everything was thus saying the Lord, and they walked on eggshells around them, right? Mm. But not being able to see what was going on behind scenes with those people. You couldn't see why they were real rough around the edges. You couldn't see with the natural eye, why is it that they were always so harsh and hard and, 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 and getting, it, right? And I'll talk about myself for a couple of moments if you allow me to do so. When I first started walking in leadership in my church, because I didn't deal with the things that I've um, dealt with going on inside of me at an early age, I was like this with the people all the time. I was real harsh and I thought because I was the prophet and I was, was supposed to be giving correction, that they we're gonna receive what I had to say, that's it. Not understanding that I was giving out on a platter church hurt. Mm, wow. Because some people weren't able to be able to relate to that. Some people can't hear a loud bark. Some people can't take the lion's roar. That's why Jesus said, I am the lamb and the lion.
1: Yeah, come on. Some people
6: can only be ministered to through the lamb, right? So, but on the optical spectrum of that, those that I were, I was a leader before, that I did offend, that I did uh, 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 push to the side or they didn't want to deal with me. They were looking at me through a natural eye. It wasn't able to see that david dealt with an abusive father. It wasn't able to see that Davi was out in the streets at 10 years old selling drugs, making sure that my little brother was eating. It wasn't seeing that I was doing what I was, that I had, the life that I had to live, being in and out of jail, being beat up by cops. They wasn't seeing that. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes praying for those that actually hurt us, interceding for those that actually wrongfully did us like Jesus told us to do. Right. That will help the healing process mm-hmm. because now we can see the situation through different eyes rather than what we're feeling at that exact moment.
1: Yeah.
6: Am I making sense?
1: Yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. And you know what? I, I, I have to agree with the both of you guys and I have to say that it, it has to start with self. And you guys kind of summed that up and said it, you know, how do we begin to heal? It has to start with self. But you have to be in a position that you're able to hear yourself to. Uh, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, when we're in bondage, we can't hear or we can't see. And so when that happens, God sends an intercessor. He'll send somebody that is able to, to show you, you know, a little bit you to you. And so the the thing is, though, and it's so true what you said, God, I thank you of of why it's so important that when God does use you as the mouthpiece that you really are so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that you literally say exactly what he says. Because the thing is, and I think sometimes and I got to say this, some people this is what some people don't understand in this, because even with myself, right, Um, when I give like a prophetic word that the Lord, well, I don't give that. I I release what the Lord gives me to say. And say, for instance, you know, he, he has me release it on social media, you know, but it's not all the time because even when I when the Lord first started training me to prophesy, it was in private with people. It wasn't on, a, on a, a, a wider scale where the world could see it. It was just more so if I was talking to somebody one-on-one and the Lord gave me a word. But when the Lord started to give me, you know, words when he said, tell my people, You know, some people couldn't understand and they and they was calling it doom and gloom and and stuff like that. But the thing is, first of all, God releases and he says what he wills. And it's not our job to water down what the Lord says. So we have to release it the way the Lord is saying it. And I don't, I'm we're not here to teach, but sometimes when the Lord is releasing it, he is angry. Sometimes when the Lord is releasing it, it's silence that's around him. Sometimes when he's releasing it, it's in song. You know, so whatever way that the Lord gives it to you, it's not our job to try to water it down to make a person feel better. Yeah, Go ahead.
6: Going back to a comment that I made a little while ago about saying not dealing with stuff on the inside of us and a church hurt might be magnified a little bit more than what it's supposed to. A lot of people forget that God is not all about fluff. Right. It's not all about sprinkles and rainbows. So now when you do have a mouthpiece that's standing before you that is expressing God's anger, that is expressing or giving a warning before destruction and wrath is released, they don't understand that they don't want to receive that because they have been diluted and watered down so much with the fluff. Those that will come and scratch their itchy ears, that now the offense comes in. And now you're offended by what God himself is saying. Right, and because you've been so attracted to the fluff for so long, now it becomes church hurt. Now it becomes a spirit of offense because you're not really able to recognize that God Himself is sending this word before you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's and it's so true. And and the thing is, if I always they they say this thing in the natural, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Mm-hmm. Right because sometimes the word might not be for you you know and so at the end of the day you know you find some people that that make their they'll try to tag you as being a woman and it's not that because the the way that I may release the word when the Lord is giving it to me first of all I'm going to release it how he says it that's the first thing that's yeah. the first thing I'm the same. And, and, the, and the thing is I, I can't really hmm lord season my words with salt I can't really care about how somebody's going to feel Because there's a mandate on my life that I had to release. Huh? Then you're not supposed to. Yeah. And and so, and what I'm trying to clarify is because there's still somebody and I, and I can see this, that is still trying to figure this out and I'm going to help you because there's a difference. So, when you're prophesying to somebody one on one, and this is not even what this podcast is about, but I'm going to I got to move. We're subject to the Holy Spirit. But when you're prophesying one on one to somebody, first of all, God knows how to deal with his children, Amen. knows how. So therefore, the way that I may speak to somebody one on one may not be the way that I have to release something on a social media platform. It may not be because I'm pretty sure even yourself, prophet, and even Tasha, you probably don't even know that this is what you're doing, but you probably do it. You probably already prophesying. But when I'm talking to somebody one on one, and the Lord is speaking about something so sensitive, I release it how the Lord is releasing it. And it's and, and it's and if it's in a kind manner, which most of the time it is, because when first of all, let's let's go to Hebrews. God, I hear you. And Hebrews 12, when it talks about Paul talks about. You know, God disciplining his children and sonship. And it says, you know, this is how you know that God loves us because he disciplines us. Mm -hmm. When the Lord is releasing something one on one, you know, because he wants to bring correction and he doesn't want you to run. It's not going to be the way that it's released on social media. It's not. Yeah. It's not if the Lord is is trying to correct your spirit about whatever it could be perversion, anything, you know, it's not going to be a judgment prophecy. It's not going to be that. Now, don't get me wrong. If the Lord decides to move a third way, say, for instance you know, he's people keep warning you and warning you and warning you and you're not heeding to instruction. Then he may say, you know, something different. You know, I don't know what he may say, but he may say, you know, you, this is a warning. The people that have been coming to you, you know, he may release it to that prophet that, you know, to, to say this to you. And he may say judgment is coming to your house. That has happened before. I know literally the Lord had me release the word. The person didn't listen. The Lord told me, he said, um, to, to basically say X, Y, and Z. And then, and I said to the person, the Lord said, because you didn't take heed judgment is coming to your house. And literally a couple of days later, the person's house got shot up, you know, but at the end of the day, God wants to correct us first and foremost. Right. Sure. And so the thing is he doesn't, he does do it in love. And, but sometimes people get a misconstrued when you're releasing something for the masses, you know, because first of all, God, I thank you prophecy first of all is not even for the believers and i'm going to give you bible because paul said it paul said that paul said that prophecy is really for the disbelievers when and, and this is in, the, in in corinthians when he talks about how he rather us prophesy than speak in tongues right but he talks about why prophecy is for the disbelievers because when you prophesy to someone who does not know god and you speak of things that only they told to God It's supposed to make them say, who is this God that they serve that know so much about me, you know, but however, because we're in a time, you know, and not saying that the the, the prophecy can't be for a believer. We're not saying that, but that's really who it's for. And so I didn't lost my train of thought that fast about what I was going to say, but the, but the point of the matter is, um, You know, God wants to thank you, Holy Spirit. God wants to correct our spirits first. That's the first thing that he wants to do. He wants to correct our spirits. And I always go back to the first prophecy that the Lord ever gave me. It wasn't, you know, house, of cards and land. He said, say, I surrender. The woman literally said to me, she said, say, I surrender. She said, and I want you to the Lord said to say this all week, because at that time in my life, I was not fully submitted to the Lord. I had one foot in. Of thinking about going to Christianity and one foot in, still thinking about a slab. But I was in church, but I was not actively in church, if that makes any sense. Sure, sure. So the thing is, the, the Lord wants to correct us first. And so the thing is, like when you said the spirit of offense, you know, when you have that and that's what the enemy does, because one thing what the enemy does is he doesn't want you to hear the word of the Lord because he does not want you to come to correction because he wants you to stay in bondage. Uh-huh. That's really what he wants you to do. He wants you to stay in bondage. And the longer that he can keep you in bondage, the longer that he can slow you down from you ever fulfilling your purpose, because that's what what we were created for. We were not created for amusement and play. It was really to do what it was that the Lord has called us to do. However, because the enemy has a job to do, his job is to kill, steal, and to destroy and to slow us down from us ever getting to the high place, you know, the high call you know, this is why a lot of us are delayed. This is why a lot of us go through a lot of the things that we go through. And I have to say this, too, because I, I hear you, Holy Ghost. I, I cannot agree when people say, you know, people need to take they need to take a pill or the psychiatrist and, and, and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong, because I know this, going, this is going to turn up some people's feathers because I'm not against people talking to people and stuff like that. God does use people as a means because everybody can't hear God.
5: Yeah, yeah. everybody
1: can't hear, especially if you're in a place of bondage. You can't hear. You cannot hear. So it don't matter. You know how much somebody comes to you and say, stop, 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 stop. If you're truly in bondage, you're not going to be able to hear. So sometimes God may use a person. But however, I still say at the end of the day, it still starts at the altar. It starts at the altar. That's where you'll find true healing. That psychiatrist and that therapist was only a start. Mm-hmm. That was only a start because if a person can help change your mind, then they can help with correcting your heart. They, but the correction, the completion part is for God. Only God can do it. And I have to say this because I hear you, Holy Ghost, because people and I'm tired of these leaders. I'm t- it's leaders that are saying this. they're making this. This is OK. And they don't. Mm. Mm, God help me because people are promoting. witchcraft.
5: So about
1: If people, people don't even understand medicine, that pharmacy stuff is a part of witchcraft. That's the first thing. And I'm going to say it and I'm going to serve notice on the enemy on tonight. It's a part of witchcraft. Now I understand, you know, that some people, you know, got to take some, some medicines and and stuff like that. If you're in pain and all, I'm not saying that, but those medicines that have those side effects of hallucination and, and, and everything else, like And people can pray about this to the father themselves. You don't have to listen to me. Take what we say and take it to the altar. I'm not here to convert anybody about anything or what they want to believe. But people have to stop saying that it ends at, you know, a a therapist. No, it, it starts with God and it ends with God. I'm sorry. It starts with God and ends with God, because it could be just God. I thank you. It could be just a possibility, a, 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 not a possibility, but it could be a thing that the Lord allowed you to go through. Say if it was depression, the spirit of depression. Say if it was schizophrenia, because maybe there's a healing and anointing on your life. Yeah, you know, maybe you had to go through that so that when you see another person, you're able to identify because the spirit knows the spirit. You're able to identify, okay, I know this is depression because you know I had suffered with depression. Because one thing about God is, He's not going to give you nothing to speak about that you have not experienced, mm-hmm. He's not going to do it. And I'm and I stand on this, I stand on the word of God. I'm sorry, I stand on this. Because it it has to stop. I, people ain't gonna stop saying it, but I'm gonna serve notice on the enemy on tonight. And to help free somebody, you know, who's still suffering with taking all these pills and they're trying to figure out why they're not getting better, because it starts with God. It starts with God and it and it ends with God. Go ahead.
6: It's a sad substitute. Because yeah, if we if we truly dig into the word of the Lord. And it says that some of these things are only going to leave, but by fasting and praying, what will make you think that our God that spoke things into existence, that looked on the face of the water and said, bring forth life. Why would he leave you in a state of having to take medication for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. God didn't create us for that. He
6: says he gives each of us a measure of faith. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, faith without works is dead.
1: Yeah, that's the word so of the Lord. I stay,
6: if I stay at that mustard seed of faith, that's all God has room to do with. And if I'm one that I'm at a place where I need God to heal me heal, I have to go past that mustard seed of faith. I have to put in the work to believe in him even further. And if that takes me not eating, for a whole month, two months, three months to put my fit plate down because the Bible says that these things are only going to come out by fasting and prayer. That's what I have to do. Because I tend to play when you're under the influence of some of these medications or just drugs in, in general to open up for spiritually the enemy to make you worse than what you were when you first started taking it. Now, and, and that, that's the key equation. I'm putting more faith in this medication in God, That's and now true. my lack of faith is pulling God further away from me. And now because I opened up a door spiritually for the enemy to come in, and God can't keep me in his grasp or his protective bubble, now the enemy can have a field day with me and make me worse than when I started. Yeah. So yeah, we have prescriptions for certain things, but I'm a true believer that there's no medication that any doctor can give to you on a mental note that God can't heal you from. I'm I'm sorry, even physical. I'm one that walks in a mental and a strong healing anointing and I cannot be around infirmities. And when I get around them, I have enough belief in my soul to know that God is going to do it. So for you to sit here and tell me as God's mouthpiece, as God's uh, um, son, that you have to take medications for 20, 30, 40 years, and I know that Jesus Christ died and received 33 lashes on his back you will be able to confess healing on this day, there's something wrong with your faith. There's something wrong with your relationship with God. There's something that's not there, that you're not really pour- diving into and really grasping and really pulling. You said being on the altar, really allowing God to minister to you at that place. Yeah. You're choosing to compromise. You're choosing to stay there. You're choosing not to go yeah. get the help that God says is here for you. Because if he allows his son to die on the cross, and then his son to say, I'm giving you the comforter. Come on. On a natural note, no, you're telling me that you need this? No, tap into the spirit. Because I think you said it earlier on one of your own um, posts. You said, we're, we're spirits having an earthly experience. Yeah, that's true. forget about that equation. They forget about the fact that we were first spirit before we were natural. So there's no way I'm going to live my whole life as a Christian man relying on a natural medication when God says I'm spirit first. Wow. Wow. Seek thee first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else shall be added on to you. So being added onto you includes that healing.
1: Wow. wow. What were you gonna oh say, Tasha? God. Yeah.
2: When wow. you were speaking earlier, yeah. can you hear, can me, you hear me? It's like, like some, it's
1: some interference. interference. Oh, no. it's the blood of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the enemy don't want this to get out. <laughs>
2: But when you were talking about, I, I love the way this conversation is flowing, because we're kind of now going into how perhaps the prophetic can really aid in the healing process. And when you were talking about um, uh, the pharmacy and medicines, the in the Greek, the ancient Greek word, the root word for pharmacy is witchcraft. That's Whoa, the original wow. meaning of it.
6: Thank you so, morning, minister.
2: So what we need to identify is this I have a little bit of a different perspective When it comes to medications and things like that Because when you see mental health concerns up close It provides a a greater uh, level of sensitivity When the topic comes up And so one of the things that I do want to say I do believe that medicine can be a form of healing Now Now the question is this Some of these issues were born in the spirit Where some of these issues, it might be a natural problem. It might be a chemical imbalance. It might be a traumatic experience. It might be something there. But I think what we need to kind of figure out, like I said, where the prophetic step in and figure out what's the root of the issue, because Mm -hmm. really what the problem is, is the dependence of the medicine.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and so what you were saying prophet saying how that is a substitute that you're relying on it i think that's right. when it start. it can become an issue but i do believe that medicine can be a method into which god can heal but the right. question is to heal not to suppress right most of these medications mm-hmm. are just meant to suppress it's not that's meant true. to really deal with the problem and so i just wanted to kind of back in when you were talking about you know um, pharmacy and medicine and all that earlier then also too i think also um figuring out the origin of a problem. Prophet, you were talking about Joseph earlier. Yes. And one of the things that I love about Joseph's story is that it really, what the issue with him and his brothers, it, it was about Joseph, but it wasn't about Joseph. We have to go back a little bit further and we have to talk about the origin of what the real beef was about. And it was the brothers watching their mother, Leah, be unloved. That's what the real issue was. Yes. And yes. that we already knew Joseph was a favorite, but the real issue was, He didn't want your mama. He wanted the other one. And the one he really wanted could only produce two and lost her life in the process. And so to understand the origin of the problem, we can kind of see that the outcome, if Joseph had not been taken out of that environment, that seed would have gotten on the inside of him. And he would have walked with self-sabotage because let's Mm. be real in the situations that he walked through to find yourself in prison. And in prison falsely accused of something where everybody knows you didn't do it. Because let's be real. If a man, if Pharaoh, if he found somebody who even dared laid his eye or finger on his wife, the penalty is death, not prison. So there has to be even a part of Pharaoh who knew Joseph probably is innocent. But because this looks messy, I need to do something about it. And so. If he, he could have looked at it like this was unfair. This is wrong. Yet again, I'm coming into another situation and the enemy setting me up and it's not even really again about him. But If he would have stayed at his father's house, if he would stay just a little bit longer, he could have slept with Potiphar's wife. And guess what? Nobody would have known. Because for her to make a bold move like that, it wasn't the first time. She knew what she was Mm -hmm. doing. She was a pro at this. And he could have done it because you could have gone through life not having the comfort that you wanted. Having your brothers reject you. You don't have the. And we already know we start getting into mommy issues. Not even really having a mother and being mothered. Joseph could have taken the compromise route, but thank God that he was in prison, that he was around hard criminals, that he was around people that he was like, I'm sure he was like, how did I get here? Because it set him up to be in a leadership role and position where he knew how to be sensitive to the needs of the people, that he knew how to interpret the things that God would show him because he came from a long way from being a 17-year-old boy who just knew how to dream and didn't say the right things at the right time. And it caused envy and jealousy and hatred. And so I love the fact that we're talking about how the prophetic can really aid in the healing because um, what you were saying earlier, being able to deliver a word exactly how you hear. One of the things that have probably ministered to me in my life so much was when I was going through the counseling process, I'll be honest with you, I did not trust my counselor. I didn't, it took us a while for us to trust for me to open up (laughs) and thank God that she was led by the Holy Spirit because I was going Mm -hmm. through a season where I was reading the book Chasing the Line by Mac Batterson. There was just the entire season, God just kept talking to me about lions, lions, lions. And I understood that he was trying to stir the lioness up in me because I had gotten to a place where I no longer believed it. And so everywhere I would go, I'm talking about go to the store, there'd be a picture of a lion. I would go to this church wow. service. The theme was lioness rise. I was like, what is going on? And so when I got to the counselor, she said something that was so interesting. She said, I'm, I'm hearing something. She said, this sounds crazy, but do you know the Lion King? And I I busted out laughing because she wasn't she wasn't sure how to deliver it to me cuz she was like what does the lion king have to do with but it, it it for me it let me know that God's saying I'm in this because it hit a place in my heart because I needed to believe that I was a daughter of a lion I had to believe that i still had the ability to roar because i wasn't sure so i appreciated the fact that as somebody who i'm sure in that moment she was second guessing the prophetic she released it how she heard it and god because he knew me and he knew his daughter knew that i would receive it in this way a second example that i want to give was sometime last year i was visiting different churches different conferences you know because i was you know i relocated so i was looking for a new church. And they were they were having like a deliverance clinic or something like that. And the man of God came over and he started to prophesy to me. And I'm sure he looks kind of puzzled, but he was just like, I don't know if this makes sense to you. Anytime I hear that, I'm like, all right, what am I about to hear? Because it's about to be interesting. He was like 007, (laughs) 007 agent. And I started laughing because to me, I knew what the reference means. see there's certain secrets in your prayer closet on your I'm own one on. with God or in another situation where you may have gotten another prophetic word where God wants to confirm it again, that it's okay. only a secret you and God know. So yeah. I'm sure he was like, what does that have to do with this girl? But I knew, and he He delivered it in such a comical way because it was a comical moment I was having with God privately. And he just kind of really began to go into listen, people see you one way and you have may taken it this way in your life. But that's because God's saying, I want you to be a double O agent for me. People don't see you coming. They don't really know how to talk to you. And so it set you up for rejection. It sets you up for people like, I don't understand her. I, but it's so that you can be called to a certain type of people. Come on, and so man. I think it's extremely important when you hear a word from God to go ahead and to be bold. Because at the end of the day, man didn't call us. God did you were not there when he poured oil in my head in private you were not there when he whispered things to me in the middle of the night and so we have to be bold in what god has called to do because at the end of the day the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of jesus whatever word i'm releasing it's letting people know about the attributes about the character of who god is and sometimes somebody's healing is really dependent on that because even though it's a small example and it might be comical Mm -hmm. just that phrase lion king it helped me open up to really get the help that I needed. So I think it's extremely, extremely important that we be bold in what God has called us to do because sometimes somebody's healing can be very, very dependent on what we have.
1: It's so true. And I'm gonna say something really fast because it's so crazy the Lord had me write this down two times because when we talked about this earlier and then when you just post a question about getting to the root of it, and the Lord had me write it down again. And I wrote this the second time I wrote this, wrote, blah, 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 wrote this word, literally. And he told me to write bondage because that is the root literally to a lot of, of, of the things that we go through. Because I'm trying to tell you and not I'm trying to tell you but the Lord is saying. that The enemy does not want us to fulfill purpose. And if you look, the Lord was telling me this as we was, I'm listening to you, but I'm listening to the, the father, too, because, you know, praying without ceasing. If you notice anything, um, when the enemy sends out a a principality or a demon that's assigned to you, the spirit of bondage is always sent. Yes. Because he wants to keep you in bondage. He wants to keep you there. So if we send out perversion, you are going to always find bondage. You know why? Because it's, it's hard. That's why it's so hard to get out of any anything that you're in, because the spirit of bondage is always present. I always reference it to like a spider web. You see this pretty spider web. You never see the spider, but you see the spider web. You find yourself staring. And the next thing you know, you're like a bug. You're attached yes. to the spider web. And then all of a sudden, and that's when you see the spider come along, right? And then, and then you entangled and entangled and entangled. You try to get out and hopefully you don't die. Hopefully the spider does not eat you. Hopefully there is mercy and grace upon your life. And so literally, you know, it, 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 it's, it's bondage that's that's really having us like entrapped. And entangled and and I don't know why I keep losing my train of thought of every time this is the enemy, the blood of Jesus, of what I was what I was about to say. Um, as because uh, God help me. Come on, Holy Ghost. I not know what I was what I was about to say about the whole thing because it, it was so crazy. And I cause we be talking so long, and then I forget <laughs> what I was about to say, but it's okay. But literally, he had me right. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I wrote it down. My patient. And I'm going to tell you how the Lord confirmed about this, about the spirit of bondage that's always present when there's other spirits that's involved, because I had a patient. Thank you, Lord, for bringing it back to my my memory. One day I had a patient. She had a deaf and dumb spirit, Mm -hmm. you know, a deaf and dumb spirit, a person, you know, that can't talk and and they, they call it retarded, like retardation. Right. But it's a deaf and dumb spirit that if you really God help us to live there and not just tap in because if you live really there in the room of the spirit and if the Lord allows you because everything is with his permission, you can literally heal someone from a deaf and dumb spirit. Yes. You can literally heal someone from a deaf and dumb spirit if the Lord allows, if it's his will. But he, the, Jesus said it, greater works shall you do. So it's possible if if they were able to raise the dead, it's possible to hear so, heal someone from a deaf and dumb spirit. And that's Bible because there were many people in the Bible that was raised from the dead, you know, um, after Jesus, you know, ascended to the heavens. And there's so many stories in the New Testament, especially in Acts and going down where people were raised from the dead. And so literally I had a patient. And the patient had a deaf and dumb spirit. And this is when the Lord was, I was like in training, training grounds, where the Lord was really teaching me to be quiet, to train my spirit man to be quiet so that I can really hear him and not hear my thoughts. Because you know, when you first start off, you know, with the prophetic, you learn the different voices, the voice of the Lord, the voice of yourself and the voice of the enemy. And the Lord was really trying to fine tune my hearing. And I remember the patient came in and she was on a stretcher i didn't know that she was that she was even had a like she even had a deaf and dumb spirit so i'm doing her vitals and everything and i asked her which arm you know can i do you know for her blood pressure because a lot of people you know they have like mastectomies like patients that had breast cancer before you can't do blood pressures on his arm or people that have lymph nodes removed you can't do blood pressure on his arm so i'm in a habit of asking people what arm can i do So I said to her, I said, did you have any, do you have any breast removals? And when she responded to me, that's what made me know she had a deaf and dumb spirit. She said, yes, remove the breasts. That's not what I asked her. So the Lord says she has a deaf and dumb spirit. So I'm doing her vitals and everything. The Lord says to me, place your hand on her leg. I didn't say anything to her. I didn't pray out loud. I didn't do, oh, none of my see. I didn't do none of that. I just touched her. And the Lord said to pray. I didn't pray out loud. I'm praying though without ceasing. I'm praying to the father. This lady had a deaf and dumb spirit. When I lifted my hand off of her, she said, my, she said, my, she said, my, uh, my, my Catholic is burning. That's what she said. And I said, your Catholic is burning. I thought she was trying to say her catheter was burning because she had a catheter in and anybody, in a, you know about a catheters when you have like, you know, tubing in, in your private area that you have to go to the bathroom from because you can't go to the bathroom, you can't stand up to go on your own or either your, your body basically will go to the bathroom and you won't know, right? And because she had a deaf and dumb spirit, she wouldn't know that she had to go to the bathroom. She couldn't say it. She said to me, my Catholic is burning. So I'm talking to her, trying to ask her questions, trying to figure out that they not change her catheter because she was in a nursing home. I'm trying. She said, No. Right here is burning. She pointed to the spot that I touched her leg.
3: Mm. But
1: the spirit of bondage had to leave when I touched her, even though it was for a moment. Even though it was for a moment because she was entrapped. That's what bondage is. That's just like a person in your mind. That's how it is with people that have a definite spirit. In your mind, you know what you're saying, but you can't say it. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: You can't say it. And, and God did not create us to be bound. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. Mm-hmm. It's free indeed. And so it could have been a situation where, you know, maybe that, that was her test. She had to go through that. Will she ever come out? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know the end story or the backstory. Only God's wisdom is, is infinite. We don't know everything. But the point of the matter is, you know, and God, I hear you so good. This is why it's so important, though, too, for intercessors to rise up, because like how you said, Tasha, people don't understand how important it may be for someone to release that small word. And that's really what the intercessor job is too at the same time. Being in the right place at the right time, meaning time, and then the right place at the right time, meaning position and posture. Because things change. When you truly carry glory, things change. Things should change. When you truly have the Holy Ghost in you, when you truly walk in the things or try to, we strive to, to walk in the things that God is calling us to do, things should change. The blind should be able to see. People should be standing up walking. This stuff is not foreign, you know. It's only foreign to people that's little. God, I hear you so good. That's little and fake little, and that ain't never really had no encounters because you know why people lack relationship. Mm-hmm. Even in my time of, of going in the slam, I'm never forget it because the Lord trained me early. To to really be a person to be posture in prayer, even though I wasn't praying the same way, but I was always praying to the father, even though in Arabic, it, it was a law. But in, in English, it still means God. It wasn't a different God. And so literally, I remember I lost a job. I didn't have any money. I just moved out of, of, of being in an abusive relationship. Well, it was like an, a marriage, an Islamic marriage. I just got out of that. The Lord blessed me to get a house literally in a week off of a one paycheck. And I remember I lost my job like two weeks later. And I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to continue to pay this rent here in this house. Literally, I don't know how. But guess what? The Lord had introduced me to more prayers in Islam. It was like extra prayers that you could pray. Right. And so because I was always a person like, you know, I'm, I'm so used to seeing God show up, even though I wasn't in, in Christianity, I was in something else. But I, like I said, I had a relationship with God. I remember I prayed and I was praying for this money, that God would give me this money for this rent. And by the time that I slammed out, which is when you just give the greeting and you get out of the prayer, my phone rang and it rang for the amount of money that I just prayed for. This type of things is what caused people to have relationship. It's the the encounters. People don't have encounters anymore because people are really not hungry. And I'm not saying I'm talking to the people that's listening. And I'm not talking at people, but a lot of people are not hungry. This is why people are still not healed. This is why people are still going to church every Sunday and they're leaving with the same Things you know why? Because people don't want it bad enough. You know how God? First of all, God never wanted us to be bound, and I'm going to say it again because He did it right. But God does not forces us for us to come to Him. He waits for us because He gave us free will, mm-hmm. and all the Lord wants is for us to say, "God, fix it." And as soon as He say, "Fix it," the Lord says, "I was just waiting for you to just say, and I was ready to. I'm ready to run in." Literally, the Lord healed me from alcohol overnight, overnight, overnight. I wasn't a drunk, but I like to drink. Literally, this was what? What? Last summer. Come on. Last summer, before I really started taking my call seriously, I was they having a drink once in a while. You know, people say having a good time. When I decided, I said, God, I don't want to drink no more. Literally the Lord did it in 24 hours, no desire. And I was a person I would come home and drink wine daily, 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 or even an alcoholic beverage daily. Come on. I'm being transparent cause I, I got my freedom and I'm going to keep getting it Liberty. Come on. Yes, Lord. But literally, God can do it. God is just saying, I'm waiting for you when I wanted to be healed. When I realized when the Lord showed me to me. And that's the thing, too. People are afraid to see themselves. People are afraid to see themselves because, you know, and the devil don't want you to see yourself either. Because that's what that spirit of bondage is. He want to keep you. So the longer he can keep your eyes shielded from you seeing who you really are and your ears guarded from you hearing who you really are, he can keep you. And so literally people have to get to the point where they say, God, show me to me first. I don't need a prophet or apostle or a person to come and tell me you show me. He'll do it. When I when the Lord showed me that I suffered with abandonment and rejection and where it even came from. I said, Lord, and I learned it like how you said, Tasha, through a YouTube video. I was watching a sermon. The sermon just popped up. I didn't even type in anything. It just popped up. Literally. I watched it. I took notes and literally I did a fast for three days and I got on my face. Like prophet David said for those three days every night. And I said, God, I need you to heal me because I don't want to feel like I have, I need somebody.
5: Mm.
1: I don't want to have to feel like I gotta be in a relationship. I gotta be married. Now I know what the Bible says that he didn't, he created us in pairs. I'm not against that. But I had to get to a point where I say, God, if this marriage doesn't work out, I'm gonna be okay. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I know that you complete me. You know, if the relationship don't work out, I'm gonna be okay by myself. I had to be okay with being alone. I suffered with that for years. That was bondage, in addition to whatever uh, abandonment and rejection. And everything else, it was bondage, though, to the point that if in my mind, I feel like I need to be married. I need a man. I can't be by myself. I can't sleep in a house by myself. That's bondage. Mm -hmm. That's bondage. In addition to everything else that was there, that was bondage. And so literally we as Christians, we have because the thing is, God, I hear you so good. We will never be effective in ministry. I don't care what God called you to be. I don't care what God called you to be. We will never be effective if we don't get the healing that we need. Too many of us are bleeding on people. I'm so tired of seeing people saying, here, place this towel between. No, why you got to place a towel between me and you? Don't touch me if your hands ain't clean. Come on. What are we doing? If it's to that point that you got to say, place a towel or, hey, you come here and touch her belly. No, just sit down. Get your healing that you need. get the healing that you need you don't feel like oh well if if i'm not there the church won't stand no god will send another vessel come on here Mm -hmm. he will send somebody if you love the lord that much you will say god send somebody send somebody that can pick up the mantle until i get the healing and deliverance that i need we have to be okay with ourselves down Many of us don't want to sit ourselves down. Mm -hmm. We want to keep standing up, keep operating dirty, keep operating with our hands bleeding, and we don't get the healing. And what happens? We die early. Yep. We die early because we don't get the healing that we need. We have abused the altar.
6: Can
5: I
1: I say something? Go ahead. Go ahead.
6: I think what you just opened up was a big can of worms because- I, I, I see so many people, prophets, apostles, bishops, pastors, anybody that's in any type of leadership role or a, a, a ministry role in the body of Christ, where they say this right here, or they feel this, because God is still using me, I must be in right standards with him.
1: My God.
6: And they're not understanding as ministry, the Bible says that I give the church apostles and prophets to, to, to bring the people to a play and I'm paraphrasing, but it's to bring the people into understanding who Jesus was for the for the edifying of the body of Christ, right? Come on. So that telling me, that's telling us that my ministry, me being prophet Davi wasn't for me. Mm-mm. Me being prophet Davi was for the nations. It was for the people. So God still using me in ministry doesn't mean that Davi is right before God. He'll use what's inside of me and what He birthed me to be or do for the sake of ministry, so somebody else could get their deliverance, but so, so 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 somebody else could get their freedom. And I can still stay in bondage. Mm-hmm. We have to be so careful that we understand that just because I'm still operating, it doesn't mean that my hands are clean, that I'm right before God. I have to take it upon myself, like I was saying two seconds ago, maturity, and say I have to sit myself down, like you just stated, and allow God to work on me. This way I can lift up holy hands. This way I can worship him in spirit and in truth and then truly be used as an oracle of God the way I'm supposed to. Being pleasing for him, not just for the people's sake, but for also my, my sake. That my works can be accounted for and they're not thrown into the fire. They're not burnt up when my when my work, works get judged in the end. There are so many people that I see that think that they're in right standards because they're still operating in ministry they're still getting engagements, because they're still getting uh, uh, emails and phone calls off the hook. I need you to minister here, minister here, minister here. That's that's ignorance. That's foolishness in the spirit for you to think that you're right before God because you truly haven't identified with what's going on inside of you. But because you're still operating, you think you're okay. And it's dangerous. And this is the reason why the body of Christ as a whole. Suffering the way it is, yeah. Because one people won't be transparent, yeah, and two, they won't look in the mirror. They're scared of what they're going to see. They don't want to deal with what's actually set in front of them and then truly be able to be operational and be used for God's glory. The Bible says that we we overcome by the words of our testimony. Yeah, My life, your life, yeah. Tasha's life is supposed to show testimony of what we went. Through. Not stay at that place. Yeah, I was hurt. That doesn't mean I'm supposed to stay there, still operate as God's mouthpiece. But I'm still I'm still at that hurt place. Cause like Tasha said earlier, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So how would you be able to be sensitive? To understand what truly your ministry is to the people, to the nations, unless you can really identify with what's going on inside of you and be healed from that. It's too much immaturity in the body of Christ that keeps them relying on tradition and, re- and religion, tradition not- and religion, not relationship. Because relationship says, if we think about marriage, relationship takes work. Relationship takes communication. Relationship takes compromise. Religion says, this is my set of rules. You have to follow them or else. Tradition says, this is what I set out for you to do before you, and this is what you have to follow. There's no room for change in traditional religion. But there's room for error, because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Love cast it out all fear. You know what I'm saying? So in relationship, I can make mistakes and Jesus could pick me back up. And I'm not I'm not tied into legalism. I'm not tied into a a, a, a a religion that says if I don't do it this way, then I'm gonna be cast aside and not be accounted for. There's too many mistakes that's being made in the in the Bible. I mean, not in the Bible. Uh, in the of the body of Christ, that's not according to the word of God. That's not according to the Bible, and this is the reason why we can't get past. Going back to the original subject, going through the healing process, we're not allowing our uh, people to go through the healing process the way God wants them to. Because I need you. Mm, wow. Let's Woo! touch upon that for a second. Wow. I need you to operate. Mm. I need you to, to minister to these people. I need you to pastor these people. I need you to be the overseer of these people. And you never took time out to really identify what you needed to be healed from. That time to be set apart is truly the time where God can take and chisel at that callousy that heart. Bring you back to that soft place where now he can truly minister to you and minister through, through you effectively. The Bible says that he cannot pour new oil into old wine skins. So let's get deep for a second. My family line has a generational curse of depression, and I never deal with it now as being a minister of God. How can he truly pour his oil into me if I'm holding on to that depression, which is that old wine skin? Wow. But yet you tell me I have to operate? I have to continue to minister to these people? No, I have to take it upon myself because I'm supposed to work out my own soul salvation. To lay before God and say, you know what, God? I know you called me as your prophet. I know you called me as an elder in the church, but I right now need your fixing. So I'm gonna put that to the side right now and be who you called me to be. That's your son before anything else. And allow mm-hmm. you to fix me fix what's going on inside of me this way i can be a living testimony and it's just not the words that i speak
0: mm-hmm.
6: because how often are we seeing in the body of christ now that people's t- their confession is not lining up with their actions and we all know i'm i'm pretty sure the three of us can agree that worship is through behavior yeah not just lifting up your hands on Sunday service and crying and boo-hooing and you saying that you're lifting up holy hands and you're truly worshiping God and spirit and in truth. Worship is through your behavior and allowing God to really do what he has to do inside of you. Get your healing first before you could go and heal somebody else. Yeah.
1: Oh, you said something so good. Let's stay there for a second. When you well, just said, get your healing first before, before you truly go and heal somebody else and that is so true because it goes back to to what we were talking about earlier when people have the gift of healing and anointing the the reason of you going through the things that you go through is because one what what you carry you have to be able to identify Yes, you can't identify something you don't carry now some things you can't from book knowledge you know But they say experience is the best teacher. And so literally when you walk in something, God, I thank you. You usually usually experience, you know, or had experience in whatever it is that you're walking in. Yes. So people that operate in like healing and anointing and all that stuff is because they suffer with sicknesses and they suffer with whatever mental things and and all of that nature. And one is because God is is saying when you do come out, because we overcome by testimony. But of the lamb, you know, if God did it for me, he could do it for you. He could do it for you. Right? right. That's the first thing. And then, two, because you because you used to carry that, you know, you're able to identify it when you see it. Yes. And so literally, you know, that's just like um, because God, I thank you. Because it goes back to the Bible verse that you said earlier, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called to his purpose is all things he said, not some things, not the good things and not the bad things. Oh, and even is. those people, you know, that that maybe suffer with drug addictions and all that stuff, and, and you wonder why you see them now. They're they're being called to people that may be in rehabs and different things because they carry that. Good,
5: good. They carry
1: that. And the thing is, when Christ came, he came as relatable. And what better person to use is someone that experienced that because we know God is not going to give you something to talk about. You have an experience, you know, and that's why it's so important that you go to the people that you were called to people trying to be everywhere. Yep. No, no. You are going to find the the most success and I'm not God, but you'll be from, from what I've seen thus far in my life, my short 33 years. You'll find the most success in the areas of things that you experience. So if God called you to go to the women, you know, who maybe had children when they were younger and teenagers because that's something that you experience, stay there until he tells you to move. Amen. Because you know, I we we see this a lot that people are trying to dip and dab, and God didn't call them. And you can tell when you truly have a relationship with the Lord, you can tell who belongs in the area and who doesn't. But it ain't our job to sit up here and tell people, you know, we'll stay out of here and stay out of there. You know, even though unless the Lord tells you to say something to the person. But, you know, we living in a time even when you give advice because the spirit of offense is there. You can't even talk to people, Sally, just to have regular conversations. You know, you can't really talk to people without people becoming so offensive, you know, and, and it's just oh, it's, it's just so crazy. But I I just had to say that that people need to stay where God tells you to go unless he tells you to shift. Stay there. Stop trying to go out of God's time because I I see it a lot. Like there are some people that have a zeal, but it's not time. Mm -hmm. It's not time. There's there's still a process that you have to go through because we say this so much on the podcast. You step into a realm that you don't belong in or belong to. You inherit the warfare of that realm. Yeah and you're inheriting something that you wasn't prepared you're for
3: never.
1: yeah and people are trying to figure out why is my life you know like it's because you didn't play you didn't play with strange fire
2: cuz it wasn't holy
1: ghost fire you didn't play with strange fire and you're trying to figure out why strange things are happening to you because you're playing is something that you're not ready for. That's like even going back to when you, when you were kids, when we were kids and you've been playing them games like the Ouija boards, all the stuff. People trying to figure out why. Why you play with something? You don't know. You don't know what that stuff is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unless you come from a background then Yeah. But if you never experienced that or you don't know what that stuff is, why are you playing with something that you don't know? Our parents said that. Why are you playing with matches? You get burned. I didn't know I was going to get burned. Well, why are you playing with this? You don't know what this is what this is going to do. But I, I see so many millennials because it's millennials Thursday that are walking into stuff and they're unprepared. And it's so sad because you can't say anything. But the only thing only thing you can do is really pray. Yeah. That's the only thing you really can do. Go ahead, Tasha.
2: Sorry to uh, cut you off. Um, okay. I think what we've been saying without saying it for like the last couple minutes is really talking about intention, like being intentional. And for me, yeah. I believe your intention can really grab God's attention. And I say this because yeah. intention Directs your motives, your motives, like you said, Prophet, directs your behaviors. It directs the things that we do. And so when you were talking about your um the patient earlier, Kamisha, and you were talking about, you know, um just just being very obedient and just laying your hand on her, how God was able to bring healing in that situation. I think that sometimes we forget that our intentions can the the, the intention of a touch can bring healing. An example was the woman with the issue of blood. She pressed her way through the crowd to touch Jesus because her intention is if I can only touch the hem of the garment. Why was the hem of the garment important? Because in those times, the men, the robes that they wore had scripture written on the inside of the robe. So really what she was trying to do and say without probably even realizing it was I'm trying to touch the word because what is the prophetic? The prophetic is releasing God's word, what he's saying right now. And when we were talking about intercession earlier. I don't trust no prophet. Who don't got no intercessory in life because what you prophesying? What right. are you hearing? Nobody can say, Tasha said X, Y, and Z, if you don't hang around me. You don't know me. You've never heard okay. me really talk. What are you saying on my behalf? It's the same way with the prophetic. And so I think it's really, really important that people know that intention is everything. It is everything God, even the way like you were saying prophet, when uh, when it comes to leaders ministering and the things that they're doing, because I heard a man of God say something really interesting that God is the only one that can fire you, but still let you stay on the job. Okay. And the first thing I think about it's Saul. God said, "I'm gone for a long time." He's like, "I'm done with Saul." Samuel, quit crying. Let's like Samuel, quit crying. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. But He let him stay in position, and so I'm sure there was almost a falsehood there that made Saul feel a little, you know, a little confident. Like, okay, I can appear this way to people, but He knew secretly the Spirit of God has left him, and mm-hmm. so borderline intentionality is everything.
5: Amen. Amen. Were yeah.
2: you going to
1: say something, Prophet David? I think I said a lot. <laughs> I think I think we said a lot too. I, I think we're going to end here. Um, this this was was re- was really really good. Um, tonight and we we touched a lot of a lot of key points, even though the Holy Spirit shifted, you know, what we were we started out talking about. But that's what He does though, because you know why what I've noticed with the what the Holy Spirit does is He say what's in need of, He say what's needed for the time. You know, that's why I be trying to tell people I can't give you questions to, to something until so the Lord downloads it to me because they like you have any questions. And I don't I don't make these questions up. You know, I, I write down what I hear the Lord say, because usually what I'm learning is a, is a pattern. He says what's a need, you know, what's needed to be said, even though sometimes we don't like what needs to be said. But like in Hebrews 12 says, you know, that God disciplines his children. And when he loves us, he brings discipline. He has to discipline us. He has to correct us. And so the thing is, I know some people are looking like, well, what are these kids or are these young people? But guess what? God can anoint anybody and use anybody for the cause,
5: Amen. you know, at
1: the end of the day, because it could be that, hmm, let's leave it. Leave that alone. But the point of the matter is, God does what he wills. I am, I'm leaving it alone. I got the spirit of the hush on me. I heard God you you know God, God can do what He wants. He don't need anybody's approval, you know. When it comes to His will, He's going to use who He wants to use to release what it is that He wants to release. And so, I think we we did what the Lord, you know, commanded us to do. Um, and I pray that people received it well because it's it's not an attack, but it just it's just a form of correction. Because to be honest, because I I think you said it early. Um, earlier, Prophet Davi, but people don't understand this is why we're still in what we're in. Mm -hmm. This is why we're still in Corona. This is why we're still in COVID 19. And I know people think that that it's lifted, but it's not, you know. And Tasha was saying earlier, before we started the podcast, that where she's at in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. you're in North Carolina, right? That it's been spiking up, you know, to the point that they're thinking about shutting back down again, you know, and literally. And I was saying to her because my spiritual father, Apostle Ken, said it some time ago. You know that there's a there's deception in the air,
5: yes. and when
1: it started to to get nice and people thought it was it, it was lifted. He said, "Don't go outside. Don't rush outside. Don't be rushing outside because it's not done yet." And you know, and it's so true. And it's it's not the thing we're not going to focus on the corona because the corona is just a distraction.
5: Yeah,
1: we're going to focus on really what's at hand. What's at hand is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is what is at stake and and what God has been trying to do. And I know you guys who are watching and it's not to you, but even people that's replaying and the people that's going to replay. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing it, but I'll never get tired of saying what the Lord is saying. He wants us to get back to our first obligation, a servant, serving him. And because we have not mastered that yet, and because we not, we haven't even got an inch towards, you know, what it is that God is calling us to do, this is why we're still here. This is why we're still here, and this is why we're still in this state, because people truly and I can't say that it's everybody, but we're all we're all one body. So it, it's, it's like when one part is, is jacked up, you know, the, the body's just like the heart. If the heart is not working right, the body is shut down. The heart runs the whole body. And so because literally, God, I thank you. And because literally we are the heart of the Father, God, I thank you. This is why literally we, we are still here. We're still shut down. We have not activated, you know, what it is that God wants us to activate. I know some people saying I hear it in the realm of the spirit, but I've been praying, you know, I've been I've been doing these calls. I've been doing these Bible study things. And yes, but one person can't do it alone. It's a corporate thing. It's a corporate thing. If somebody is looking, God, I thank you. If somebody is looking for the one person that they think that's going to change it all, baby, no. And God, I hear you because it's an antichrist. If, if somebody does come and think. That uh-huh. they didn't change what's what's going on. No, that's a, and That's a false God, baby. It that, it that ain't it. That ain't it. It's a corporate thing. It's not going to be one person that's going to come, you know, was going to say, you know, hey, I have the answer. The Lord spoke to me. No, it ain't that. It ain't it. I'm trying to tell you. That's not it. That's but, not it. And, and take, What are you going to say? If
6: we think back to the 50s and the 60s, where we talk about the churches, the the mothers of Zion, and we talk about the old church, you know what I'm saying, where they really had big uh, 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 conventions and stuff like that. That was a time and era where the body of Christ was able to move corporate, if you will allow me to say so.
3: Mm
6: -hmm. Now we're at a place, prophetically, where individuals have to show their relationship towards God. We're never going to get back to a place where everybody that's in the body of Christ is going to come together corporately. Because right now, if you will allow me to speak as a prophet, God is is is, is tearing away; He's separating the wheat and the tail. He ministers to both, but He's He's separating because we, as individuals, during this time of quarantine, during this time of Corona had to show ourselves how we had our relationship with god it was no longer at a place where we were able to get our sunday fix because our churches were shut down we wasn't able to go to church and fake the funk and then live hellish some monday through saturday the way some people were doing you understand what i'm saying so now we're at a place in the body of christ where god is waiting for us individually to, to get on our faces, to really show ourselves that, how much we want him. There was a time in the place where us corporately were able to attack heaven and bombard heaven and really try to go in corporately. But now we're at a place where we have to individually show ourselves because God says that there will be a remnant. If God said that this was going to happen, everything that's happening right now was written in the book of Revelations. So if God already pronounced this and gave it to us prophetically and said it was going to happen, it had to happen. So us now understanding that fact can no longer be at a mindset while I'm waiting for the body of Christ as a whole to get themselves together. Mm -hmm. I have to connect with those that are striving to be the remnant, just like I'm trying to be the remnant to push past what I'm seeing in front of me right now and really dive into God the way we're supposed to dive into God. Because people still want to go back to the way things used to be.
5: Yeah. People are waiting
6: for us to go back to church, be able to worship and, and, and praise and flop around. And, and, and no offense to anybody, but I, I have to speak this boldly. Because there's so many people that are trying to rush back to get into the church place, but God called us the church. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not coming back for your church building. He's not coming back for that address. He's coming back for his bride, which is supposed to be you and I. And there's too many people that are trying to rush whatever God is doing during this time right now to try to get back into the church building because they want things to go back the way they used to be. And God says that, and I'm pretty sure y'all been hearing this in your ministries for the past few years, church is not going to be as usual anymore. So that's letting me know that God is not allowing things to happen the way they used to be. So it's going to take a people that are going to actually chase after God's coattail, just like the woman with the issue of blood, and want to get that close where we can touch Jesus is no longer trying to play him from a distance and just waiting for the MC to stand up there and tell us to lift our hands and give God praise and then wait for the preacher to come up and give us a nice word that's gonna tickle us and we got our fix for the rest of the week. Now we're at a place where we have to show ourselves who is truly has relationship with God, who is truly gonna pass or go past what they're feeling or what they're seeing right now. We have a thousand different issues going on right now in the world, but who's going to focus on my son and really push past that and go out to the highways and the byways and be persecuted and lift up their hands during that persecution and really dive into my my gospel. We can no longer focus on those that are not doing, we have to get with those that are doing And you said it earlier, you said something about uh, so many people focusing on the older ones and and trying to push us out or forget about the younger ones. If the enemy gets a hold of the younger generation, the way he's been doing through music, through social media, through um, commercials on TV, TV shows, movies, and all that, then there's nobody else left to carry the baton. There's nobody left to carry the oil. There's nobody left to carry the anointing. And be able to really uh, 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 do what God wants to do in the earth. Yeah, the younger generation is who we're supposed to be focusing on right now. The older ones already knew the way; they knew the path. I'm, for me personally, and you said it earlier. You, you're tired of this. You're tired. Of that. I'm tired of recycling things. Jesus, I'm tired of chasing after those that already know better but we keep on going to chase after them. Oh, sister such and such, brother such and such, we gotta go get them. No, listen, how many times do we have to keep on going to rescue them from the same thing that God delivered them from? How many Sundays are we gonna continue to see the same people standing at the altar getting deliverance for the same exact thing? When there's a flock of people out there that don't know Jesus. Yeah. When there's a whole there's a whole nation of people out there that don't know his love the way you and I know it. But we're so consumed with trying to recycle saints with that we're not going out to the highways and byways and collecting those people and allowing them to be ignited and to really move in their purpose and identity in God. God allowed us to go through what we went through get to our purpose to be able to go to somebody else and see, like you said earlier, our assignments. I'm realizing now that me being behind the pulpit with a three-piece suit on and looking nice and covering up my tattoos and taking off my earrings every time I preach, wasn't me, sis. God called me to go back to them streets and to rescue them drug dealers that stand on the corner the way I used to be. Go into the jail systems and talk to the ones that think there's no hope left. And tell them how God didn't allow me to do my 10 to 15. How God took me out of that cell block multiple times. How I beat multiple cases because Jesus had a plan for my life. Those are what we're supposed to be doing. Know your assignment and go after your assignment. Stop chasing after those that already know better.
1: My God. Because
6: the Bible says that you are responsible for that you know inside of him. You already know Jesus. You already tasted Jesus. You already been delivered by Jesus. Why am I going after you daily, weekly, yearly to try to rescue you from what you should already be working on your own deliverance from? It's time enough for it. It's time for us to go out there and really help those that really need that help. Because there's some, and I say, and I can speak of this personally, I know several people that right now, that didn't grow up in church, that didn't truly get uh, uh, on their pathway towards Jesus, but are already experiencing that church hurt. Wow. Because they came to a place looking for hope, looking for love, looking for acceptance, because they know that Jesus, that the, the Bible says, a love and loving kindness I draw thee. They were looking for that. But because of God's people, saying that you didn't look like us, You didn't move like us. You didn't think like us. We pushed you back out to the street. Those are some people that we should be going after. Those are the people that we should be helping through their process of church hurt. Not those that want to keep on playing hopscotch. One year I want to serve God. Next year I don't. Oh, I'll serve God all winter, but then when summertime comes around, I want to walk around half naked and live hellish. No, no, I'm sorry. There's people out there that do not know Christ. And I thank God that I went through my my hurtful experience. That I got introduced to a young lady that wanted to be with somebody from the street. That was used as an oracle to rescue me to introduce me to jesus and then when her assignment was up god allowed that church hurt so now i can be who i am now because if it wasn't for her i wouldn't know christ
4: i was raised catholic i was raised by
6: a bunch of witches and warlocks all i knew was idolatry all i knew was recipes and, and conjuring up stuff that's all i knew I didn't know that me seeing these spirits in the middle of the night, demons torturing me every night, was supposed to prove that I had power to be able to cast them away. I thought I was going to have to deal with that for the rest of my life. But there's people out there that are dealing with this and that truly need us to move towards them in our assignments and stop chasing after those that truly don't want God. So we're in a time right now where God is calling the remnant to be the remnant and go after those that truly need God. I keep on trying to uh, 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 pacify those that want to play games with Him. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Well,
1: but we all in here because yeah. the spirit lifts. <laughs> ain't gonna add to it amen. So that was good, you guys. Um, I thank you guys again for for coming on here and just indulging in this dialogue that was needed and was important. Um, I thank the viewers as well for listening, sharing, and staying right. in for this time. We went way over our time. We're never usually this long, but lately we have been actually going up to the two-hour mark, but we won't be doing that weekly. Um, so I thank you guys for your patience Um and just tuning in. And you guys were just tuned into the Dope Girl Spray Podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. And you guys were just listening. We had our first guest guest, Mr. Keith Carter, um, and then Prophet David and Minister Tasha. We'll see you guys next time.
5: God bless.